You are now listening to Loving God the Right Way, taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org to listen to more messages like this one. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. If you're thinking about giving your life to Jesus Christ, or if you've already made the decision and would like to get baptized, drop us an email at info at goodfig.tv. Again, that is info at goodfig.tv. We're excited to join you on this journey and can't wait to see what amazing things God has in store for you. Enjoy today's message and God bless you. Loving God the right way. Loving God the right way. That includes Jesus Christ because he is God. He made you all God with us. Amen. I want to give you the full scope of this message because this message is extremely important. Um, this message has a lot of connotation, spiritual connotation to it, and a lot of um, um, spiritual connotation that should correct the way you think. It should correct the way you think. Not just for those who are here listening live, but those who... Um, we'll hear this in the very near future. This is, this, if you love God, this will get you closer to God, loving him the correct way. Okay? Loving him the correct way. Anything else that you may have heard or thought of or believed to be true, whatever it is, okay? I need you to clear your brain, clear your spirit, okay? Because here it is. This is what it is, okay? So let's get right into this. Loving God the right way. The right way. Romans 5 verse 8 for one verse. Romans 5 verse 8. What do you think it means to love God? What do you think it means? It means, it means everything to love God. To love God is what we all desire to do. To have God love us in return is what we have. That's our desire. That's what we want. To be loved of God and to love God. Life opens up. Doors open up. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, truth, blessings, protection. The whole nine yards. Okay? The whole nine yards. We serve a great God. We absolutely do. But most of the world love God wrong they love him wrong they love him in a selfish way they love him in a way where um it's selfish because they're like i love god i do love god i care for god the scripture says he died for me on the cross a lot of people a lot of churches skip over this these scriptures i'm going to read to you today because these scriptures are everything especially the last one and Matthew 25, where we're going to go. They mean everything. These scriptures mean everything. It is what it is. There's no, there's no other way to look at this. Okay? But to look at it and to love God the way that he desires to be loved. If, if you had a husband or a wife, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they desired... You to love them a certain way, right? The way they feel comfortable with, the way that they know they deserve to be loved. Amen. What? Why would you? Why would you do anything else besides that? Because it's going to be wrong if you don't love them correctly. Amen. You won't be in a relationship long if you don't love them the proper way. Same thing with God. 
If you don't love God correctly, his way, the way he says he wants to be loved, which is your, what you're going to learn today, okay? Your relationship is void. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Through repentance, we can get right and be right and correct all our wrongs and make them right in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Romans 5, 8, if you have it, say glory to God. One verse, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to see the sacrifice. I want you to see the sacrifice, which most people do not make when it comes to God and Jesus Christ. I want you to see the sacrifice of love that he has placed in life and history. Okay. I want you to see the sacrifice that he said, I'm leaving my throne. I'm coming down here to die on the cross. Okay. To, to die for people who probably never will love me correctly. To die for people who might love me correctly. And to die for people who do love me correctly. Okay. But it's just the fact that I'm doing it. I'm sacrificing the heavenly realm. So that you can live. And not go to the lake of fire. And not go to hell. And not have condemnation. But through me. But through me. Jesus Christ. You could have eternal life. If you choose so. If you do it my way so i want you to see the sacrifice in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us that means while we were yet in our sin while we were doing our dirt while we were gossiping while we were talking bad about people while we were hating on people while we were living a life that's not worth anything christ died on the cross this is Christ showing us that love is sacrifice. Loving someone is going the extra mile, the extra two miles, the extra three miles, the extra four miles, infinity. You get the picture, okay? Even while we're in our sins, Christ died for us all who want a better life in him. If you're not willing to sacrifice for Yahweh, you don't love him correctly at all. Problem one. Problem one. We live in the most selfish generation there is. The most selfish generation there is. Even people who claim to be Christians are selfish. Okay? Because they do not love Christ correctly. Because they're not willing to sacrifice. They're not willing to go the extra mile. They're not willing to do this or to do that. It's not according to how, it doesn't make them feel good. That's a problem. Let's go to 1 John. Let's go to 1 John here. First epistle. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 18. What stops us from sacrificing? What stops us from actually loving God the way that he tells us to love him? Fear. Fear does. Fear. What stops us from kingdom building? Fear. Fear plays a big role in our life. Amen? It just does. Okay? Because to someone who can't see God, to someone who can't see Christ, to someone who can't 
feel the spirit of God, there's fear. And even to someone who know that there is a God, there's still fear. And the reason there's fear is because most people play both sides. Most people play both sides. Most people talk bad about the person they sit next to in church. Okay? Most people don't love the person they sit next to in church properly. Most people don't love their neighbor the way they're supposed to love their neighbor. That's a commandment. That's a commandment. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So, 1 John 4, 18, if you have a say glory to God. Let's break this fear down. There is no fear in love. Here you go. There is no fear in love. There is nothing that I will not do for my father. Not one thing. Not one thing. I will face death. I will go under the ocean. I will go to the depths of hell. I will climb till heaven. I will climb up. It, it doesn't matter. If God says to do it, I'm doing it. Because there's no, no fear lives in me when it comes to God or anything else. Fear is a blocker because people say, God says do thus, 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 thus. And then they go, well, what about me? Well, what about me? What about you? What about you? If God gives a commandment, shouldn't it be done? Amen? Right or wrong? Shouldn't it be done? You don't have to answer. I'm just saying. But shouldn't it be done? Right? Fear leads us to our true self. Because if you fear, and you're not trying to fix that fear, you're comfortable in your fear, because that's where you want to stay, do you really want to serve God? Or are you all really about serving yourself in the world? That's the question here. Fear is a tool of the devil that he uses constantly. That he uses constantly and it, and it removes people from God. It removes them. There is no fear in love. How could fear dwell with love, the most powerful element in the world? How could fear dwell with love? They don't go hand in hand. They just don't. They don't. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. What is perfect love? Cast out fear. Perfect love. The love that you have for God. The love you have for God. So, this perfect love here. John's saying, you can't love God unless you, you're loving him with perfect love. Now, let me make this very clear. What is perfect love? A love that's full. It's full. If I give you a glass and it's half full, it's not full, right? There's space for more stuff, right? There's space for more. But if I give you a glass and it's full, there's room for nothing else. Anything else you pour in there is going to overflow, right? So the purpose of what John's saying here is this. Perfect love casts out fear. If there's only love that you have in your heart, for, if, if you only have Perfect love for God in your heart when it comes to loving God, serving God, being close to God, 
wanting to please God, wanting to know God, wanting to understand God and Jesus Christ, and putting nothing else before him. Every time you put something before him, your love lessens for him. Amen? It lessens for him. You understand what I'm saying to you, right? Every time, these are facts, I'm not making this up. Every time you open up a can of selfishness, your love lessens for him. Every time you don't carry out perfect love, your love lessens for him. Perfect love is full love, meaning it only can overflow. When you love Yahweh with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your spirit, anything else is fraud and hurtful to Yahweh and Jesus Christ. And I would ask you the question, what are you afraid of? Why are you afraid to love correctly? Is it because you are selfish? Is it because you live in fear? Is it because, now that could be your excuse, because most people will try to make that their excuse. Is it because you're, you're just fraud? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that he won't love you back? That's, that's wrong because guess what? He already died for you on the cross. And he loved us first in the first earth age. Your truth is you're not ready to be loved with a godly love the way Yahweh and Christ wants to love you. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth. You're not ready to be loved with the godly love, the way God wants to love you. You're not ready. You're just not ready. So you play games. You never really give Yahweh your all. And you never give him your love. And the flesh secretly rules your life. That's a lot. Is that not a lot? That's a lot. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. See, fear is going to have you, well, I care about what people think. I care about what people are going to say. I care about people, how they're going to react to me. Shouldn't you care about how God's going to react to you? Isn't that more important? Because on judgment, listen, on judgment day, Okay, your latter end, when you're older, okay, on judgment day, the person you worry about that you got so much fear in your heart for, like, I, don't, I, I gotta be this way, I have to be this way. The person that you're willing to split size with God for, or the lifestyle that you're willing to split size with God for, it ain't gonna stand there with you on judgment day, okay? It's just you and God, period. It's just you and God, okay? If you get in an accident, okay, and you can't stop the bleeding, the person that you're willing to split sides for with God is just you and God. That person ain't there. He can't stop your bleeding. God can. If you're about to be homeless, right, and the person you're splitting your life with God with that person is not there. 
That thing, that entity is not there. The one that's causing you to fear and not love God properly, it's not there. God is. God is. Watch this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. Fear hath torment. Fear is going to make you worry about what someone else is going to say. Fear is going to make you worry if someone doesn't say thank you. Fear is going to make you worry if someone doesn't um, show appreciation to you. This is why I don't have Pastor Appreciation Day, because I could care less. This is exactly why. Okay? Because I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. While everyone else is buying this car, buying that car, getting this car, buying that car, doing this, doing that, my end game is secure. You understand what I'm saying? Right? Because I know God. I ain't about that life. But most of the world is. Most of the world is. There's no fear. There's no torment. I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You got secrets. There's a thought inside of you that says, why can't I just do both? You can't. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother or sister, he or she is a liar. You can't hate your brother or your sister and say you love God. The love of God is not in you. You're a liar. And you've been a liar. For he that loveth not his brother or sister whom he hath seen, how can he or she love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. That's important, friend. That's extremely important. Don't let your flesh secretly rule you and cause you to live in torment, to live in fear, and not have perfect love, which cast out fear. Which cast out fear. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6. I have a note for you in verse 4 of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. I'm going to read something to you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. We know Deuteronomy. Great book. Book of understanding. Book of knowledge. Book of truth. Book of love. And discipline. Listen to your father. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Yahweh. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord Yahweh your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whether ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord Yahweh thy God. See, it didn't say have fear. It says fear the Lord. 
That means reverence God, revere him. Show him the love and the respect and the admiration that he deserves when it comes to serving him. People who don't fear God live in fear. That thou mightest fear the Lord Yahweh thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, in all the days of thy life. And I'll, I'll even add daughters. And that thy days may be prolonged. You want to live a long life? You want to live a long, prosperous life? Do what this is telling you to do. He's telling you how to love him. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that you may increase mightily as the Lord Yahweh thy God, the God of thy fathers, have promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Milk and honey just means a land that has everything you need and then some. Everything you need and then some. In this verse 4, we're going to read something to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord Yahweh our God, is one Lord. Let's break that down real quick. Here, in the Hebrew text, this word Shema has the letter majuscular, i.e. larger than the others, as also the last letter of the word Ekad, to emphasize the first and great commandment, Matthew 22, Mark 22. These two letters taken to, together make Ed a witness, because God is a witness and looketh on the heart. He looketh where? On the heart. He looks on the heart. What comes from your heart? Your love. Okay? Your love. In Hebrew, Shema, Gisrael, Yehovah, Elohinu, Yehovah, Ekad, Hero Israel, Jehovah, and self and ever existing, our Elohim is one, Yahweh. The importance of what God looks at. And when he says the Lord our God is one. And if I would have kept reading. It would have got into the Trinity. How it's one. But there's more than one. Okay. There's, God has seven spirits. Okay. And then on top of the seven spirits. is part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they are all one. Making one entity. Okay. Making one entity. So when it says here, O Israel, the Lord Yahweh, our God is one Lord, meaning I am for you. I created you. I created heaven and earth. I am the God that provides. I am the God that does all things and everything that you need. I am the milk and the honey. But I need you to love me correctly. I need you to understand that because when I look, I look to the heart. I don't look at what you put in the offering box. I don't look at what you give. I don't look at that. I look to the heart. I look to the heart. Five. And thou shalt love the Lord, Yahweh thy God, with all thine heart. There you go. And with all thy soul and with all thy might, with everything you got, love the Lord. Put nothing before God. He's shown you how to love him. Anything else is fraud. Anything else you ain't making it. Anything else I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a bad judgment day. Okay? Anything else. 
especially because I warned you. Especially because I warned you. You've been warned. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Where does God check? What did it say God looks to? What did it say God goes to directly? Your heart. He sees your heart. He looks in your heart. To see who you actually are. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. Let me explain something to you. In my home, we serve the Lord. Amen. We serve the Lord in my home. If there's a problem, we talk about it. Okay, if there's something going on, if I see something, if I just saw something, I bring it to everyone's attention. No, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is how God wants it to be. This is how it will be. And it will not be no other way. You know how important that is? God just said to do that. Who would I be if I don't do that? I will be false. I will be false. If my kids have kids and they don't do that, they're false. If you have kids and you don't do that, your faults. That means you're not loving the Lord correctly. Because one, one thing I want you to get from that, the word teach here means to sharpen them. And to sharpen his truth, sharpen his love into your mind and into their minds. And to the minds of your children to rub in by repetition. That's what the word teach means here. To rub it in by repetition. If you fall short of that, there's a problem. If you allow anything, that's a, there's a problem. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine heart. And they shall be... As frontlets between thine eyes. What's between your eyes? Your brain. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house. And on thy gates. Everywhere you look in your home and outside your home. God should be present. Verse 10. And it shall be. When the Lord Yahweh thy God. Shall have brought thee into the land. Which he sware unto thy fathers. To Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give the great and godly cities which thou buildest not. Listen, you don't know God, okay, if you're loving, if you're trying to love him with fear. The only way to know God is to love him with perfect love. And when you love him with perfect love, he's saying to you, he's saying, I will provide all things for you, I will do all things for you. He's saying, I will have houses built for you that you didn't build. I will have things done for you that you didn't even do. But I know you want them and I know you desire them. And houses full of all good things which thou fillest not. Why? Because God's taking care of it. And wells digged which thou diggest not. Vineyards and um, olive trees. Which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. This is your father saying, I will provide for you. 
Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord Yahweh, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage, from the house of bondage. You ever been in bondage? You ever been in bondage to the world? You ever been in bondage to life? You ever been in bondage to a car payment or a home payment? You ever been in bondage? Let me tell you something. When God gives you something and it's from God, there's no bondage with it. There's no struggling to pay anything. You understand what I'm saying to you? When God does something, when God blesses you because you know him, because you love him with perfect love, because you love him the way that he's telling you to love him, there is no bondage in his blood. Why would he give you a blessing and, and put bondage on the back of it? That's stupid. That's not God. That's your fear. Watch this, 13. Thou shalt fear the Lord Yahweh thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. Meaning don't worry about the people around you. Why would you worry about the people who, he's telling you remove fear. Don't worry about the people around you. Don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about how they're living their life. You claim to serve me, so therefore serve me. Don't let them persuade you and fear and cause you to do something that I do not like. Fifteen. For the Lord Yahweh thy God is a jealous God, you better know it, among you. Lest the anger of the Lord Yahweh thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. I'm going to ask you a question. Does God change? No. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the grace that removes this wrath. Amen. Ye shall not tempt the Lord Yahweh your God as ye tempt him. And Masa and um, Exodus 17. That's what that is. The testing. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord Yahweh your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he have commanded thee. He's saying diligently keep them. Keep them in your heart. Because that's where he's checking. Thou shalt... Do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Let's break that down. You shall do which is right and good in the sight of the Lord Yahweh. Meaning I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm listening. I'm reading your heart. I know what you think. I know what you feel. And I know your actions. Eighteen again, thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord Yahweh, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go and possess the good land which the Lord Yahweh swear unto thy fathers. He's saying, I want to bless you. I have things for you. To cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord Yahweh hath spoken. He's saying, I will even remove all those people who want to harm you. And when thy son 
or thy daughter ask thee in time to come, saying, What meaneth the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments? And you better know all of them. Which the Lord Yahweh your God commanded you. What do they mean, Father? Then thou shalt say unto thy son or your daughter, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord Yahweh brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Now, you weren't in Egypt, but you all were in bondage. Okay? Before you come to the Lord, you was in bondage. Before you knew God, you was in bondage. Okay? And most people are still in bondage because of the fear that they live. Because they're not loving God perfectly. With a perfect love. And he's saying, I brought you out. You got to acknowledge him for that. You got to acknowledge him for dying on the cross and rising on the third day. You have to acknowledge him for the grace that he gives. And the Lord Yahweh showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord Yahweh commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord Yahweh our God for our good always. Did it say for his good? For our good. It benefits you. It benefits you. That he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all the commandments before the Lord Yahweh our God as he hath commanded us. That's a blessing. This is Yahweh telling you. This is Moses telling you. This is me by the Spirit of God telling you how to love Yahweh correctly. Be the example to your children and to everyone around you. Whether you know it or not, people look. People want to know. Love Yahweh more than everything else and more than yourself. Sacrifice and be in love with your father. Don't, don't be in love at him. People love at him. Be in love with him. You ever been loved at? Hmm? Desired? Um, lusted at? You got, something, you got something you want from God? So you love at him? Instead of loving him correctly? Let's go to Deuteronomy 8. Almost done. One more place after this. And I'm going to move on. Deuteronomy 8.1. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8.1 All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord Yahweh swear unto your fathers. Do you hear that? He's saying, all the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do. You will learn them, you will understand them, and you will do them, that ye may live. You can't live without them. And multiply. You can't multiply without them. 
and go in and possess the land which the Lord Yahweh swore to your fathers. All the promises that he even made to Abraham connects to you when you're a Christian and you believe upon Jesus Christ. Two. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord Yahweh thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Now hold on. Hold on. Now they were led in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience, because of their um, unbelief, because, of, because they would not love God correctly, the right way, the way he told them to. They wanted to worship idols. They wanted to be in the world and of the world. They wanted to backbite. They wanted to talk bad about people. They wanted to hate on people. They wanted to secretly hate. They wanted to cast people out. They wanted to do this. They wanted to keep up with the Joneses. They wanted to live a life that they wanted to live and still try to serve God the way they wanted to. So they were loving at God instead of being in love with God. Therefore, they wandered 40 years in the wilderness. Now, your 40 years begin as soon as you turn one, okay? As soon as you turn one. And it gets real interesting when you come to a sense of understanding, okay? So, your 40 years that you're struggling with in life, if you look at yourself, okay, are you working towards the promised land or are you still circling around? Which one? Are you working towards the promised land or are you still circling around in life? Ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Well, you don't have to be. You can still circle. It's up to you. But I do know this. 40 years is a long time, and it just means probation. It just means probation. That's what 40 years means. It means probation. It's even a generation. Okay? Some of you will be 40 soon. Okay? Some of you will be 40 real soon. Okay? Some of you are past 40. And depending on what you did in your first 40, you may have to do a whole nother 40. Okay? Because of the ignorance and the lack of discipline that you have when it comes to loving God the right way. Let's break down this 40 real quick. Okay? Watch this. Verse 2 again. And thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord Yahweh thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee. Have you been humbled yet? Are you still prideful? <clears throat> you still got a lot of pride going on in there. Because as you know, God don't deal with prideful people. He just don't. So that means your wagon or whatever type of vehicle you may have is still circling in the circle. You have to depend on somebody so much because you don't have your own. Hmm? Let's get real for a second. You have to depend on someone so much because you do not have your own. Because you don't have your own. You can't have your own. Because your mind's not its own. If your mind was its own, you would have your own. 
Because if your mind was the song, you wouldn't be listening to this person and that person and this person when there's really the devil whispering in your ear, causing you not to be humble, causing you not to love your fellow brother or sister the right way, causing you not to have. Because if you lose your job today, if you lose your job today, or if your income stops today, you ain't even got to have a job. If your income stops today, where would you be? What would happen to you? What would happen to your family? What would you be like? Hmm? What, what would happen if the person you're depending on got hip to your foolishness? All you would have is your wagon with circles. In the wilderness. Because you really don't have a home. You will not have a home until you make God your home. Watch this. To humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. We just want to go all the way back. All the way back. All the way back. To Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. What does God look at? Your heart. What does he search up? Your heart. When he goes to Google or he goes to Safari or he goes to whatever it is you your um your search engine is, and he 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 clicks in your name. Ho, um, Pastor Crawford, let's see what comes up. He's good. If clicking someone else's name, let's see what comes up on that search engine when it comes to God. Come on now. To humble thee and to prove thee, that's to test thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no, or whether you still want to play games with me. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. Did you get it when you was hungry? Hmm? Did you get it when you was homeless? Did you understand when your bank account was negative and dry? Did you understand when you had nothing? So if you don't understand when you have nothing, how could you understand if you have something? You just can't. It's a lot of soul searching to do. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna. But hold on now. We know manna. We know what it is. What's that? Manna means what's that? Manna is spiritual food. It's the spiritual food that God feeds us with. Right now, you are getting manna. That's what you're getting, manna. The spiritual hidden truth of God. Manna. Most people don't even realize they're getting manna. They just take it in and they be like, ooh, that was a good message. Oh my God, that was a good, good message. But nothing changes. What happens when you add ingredients to food? Changes the way it tastes, right or wrong. When you add salt to something, it changes the way it tastes, right or wrong. So through all of this, through your hunger, through God allowing you to go through the wilderness to see what you're going to do, 
through your 40 years of probation, through the hunger, through the suffering, through the heat, through the cold, through the sickness, through the pain, through the sadness, through the corruption, through everything you go through in 40 years of probation, through your lack of love, through your lack of understanding, everything. Everything. He gives you manna. He gives you understand. He gives you the truth to say, okay, I got all this going on, but I have this truth. How do I apply this truth, what God is saying, to my life to pull me out of the wilderness, to pull me out of this probation, to pull me out of whatever I'm going through? How do I apply this manna in my life to pull me out so I can be a better person? Watch this. And he humbled thee. You've been humbled yet. And he suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Like Again, don't even know. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone. Man don't live by what you see, feel, touch, hear. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord Yahweh doth man live by. Once you understand that, then your man is working for you. Once you understand that, then humbleness comes in. Once you understand that, he's going to start moving you out of that wilderness. Once you understand all that. But you keep chasing it. Watch this. Verse 4. Thy remnant wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son or daughter, so the Lord Yahweh, thy God, chasteneth thee. He corrects you. He corrects those that he loves. So if you want to be corrected by God, it's because he loves you. If you don't be corrected by God, he don't love you. If you just go, listen, listen now, these are hard facts. If you just go on every day in your day-to-day -day life and there's no correction, okay, and God's not correcting you, he's just allowing you to do what you do. Until judgment day or until you die or until life just takes its toll on you and you're just done. That means he's done with you. That means you're not trying hard enough. That means you don't love him. You're not, you're not taking that food, that manner that he's giving you and applying it to your life. That means you don't care. That means you don't revere him. That means you don't fear him. That means you don't love him correctly. So therefore, he says, I love those that love me and those that hate me, I hate. Period. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Watch this. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord Yahweh thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him, reverence him, revere him, admire him, love him, show him the respect due to his name. I am Yahweh. For the Lord Yahweh thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of waters, of fountains, of depths, of springs, out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein there thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Listen. No poverty. That's why you, what do you mean no poverty? There's no poverty. What do you mean there's no poverty? 
What do you mean there's no poverty? Everywhere I turn around, I see poverty. Where does poverty start? Right here. Poverty starts in your brain. This is where it starts. But what about poor people? Yeah, there's poor people, but poor people, poor starts right here. Starts right here. Starts right here. It's not a sin to be poor. It's a sin to stay poor. Especially when you have Jesus Christ in the manner that he's giving you. He's saying, I'm bringing you to a place where that doesn't exist for you because what? You serve me, supposedly. You love me, supposedly. The way you're supposed to love me. Therefore, I'm going to remove all those things and I'm going to give you everything you need. I am your milk and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. Are you lacking? Are you lacking in life? <clears throat> what are you lacking? If you're lacking in life, it's because you're not loving God correctly. It's because fear. You're trying to love at God instead of being in love with God. There's a problem. You try being, you try being, you try loving at someone that you claim to love and watch what happens. It ain't gonna work. It's not gonna work. Marriage over. Relationship over. Try that, okay? Instead of loving and being in love with the person that you claim to be in love with. Watch this. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord Yahweh thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Yep, very good land. This is America, by the way, we're speaking of. Beware that thou forget not the Lord Yahweh thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. So you can literally forget the Lord if you don't do exactly what he tells you to do. That's how he looks at it. You can forget him if you don't love him correctly. That's you forgetting him in his eyes. You're going to have a problem. That's why he sent shepherds to remind you not to forget. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and have built goodly houses and dwelt therein. Yep. Yep. And have built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And on to the next one, and on to the next one, and on to the next one, and on to the next one. Watch. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold multiply, and all that thou hast has multiplied. Watch. When thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord, Yahweh thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Don't you forget God. Don't you forget God. Because when you do, you're going to have a problem. Because forgetting God is not loving God the right way. Who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out water out of the rock flint. That's Jesus Christ, friend. He made water come out of a rock. The rock that you're supposedly standing on. You ever had a miracle happen in your life? You ever have something happen in your life that's just um the rock of flint? That's what I like to call it, the rock of flint. 
who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, that means test you, to do thee good in the latter end. <clears throat> Listen to that. Let me, let me read that again. To do thee good at thy latter end. Thy latter end. What's your latter end going to look like? Hmm? What's it going to look like? Hmm? You going to leave a bill or you going to leave a will? Which one? Hmm? You going to leave a couple of bills or you going to leave a will? You going to leave something to your family or you going to leave bills to your family? Which one? Hmm? You going to leave houses to your children and your grandkids? You going to leave stock? to your grandkids and your children? You gonna leave money to your grandkids and your children? Or are you gonna leave bills? <clears throat> Which one? Which one? Hmm? Which one? You gonna leave them the gift of hunger? Or are you gonna leave them the gift of, the gift of prosperity? Which one? Which one? You gonna leave them the gift of Wisdom and understanding and salvation? Or are you going to leave them the gift of the world? Which one? Which one? How's your ladder in? How is it going to be? Do you love God correctly? Do you love God right? Because if you love God right, he's going to make sure that your ladder in is right. If you don't love God right, watch your ladder in. It's going to tell you a whole story. Watch. 17, and thou shalt say in thine heart, my power and my might, here's that pride, of my hand have gotten me this wealth. God didn't do this for me. I did this for myself. I work hard. I work 50 hours a week. I did this. I did that. We all put things together and we got it. I don't think so. Need to understand one thing. All glory and praise to the Father. Amen. All glory and praise to the Father. Any praise that come my way or my wife's way, we send it straight to Calvary. Goes straight to Calvary. It goes straight to the throne of God. Straight to Calvary. It goes straight to God. And that's the truth. Straight to God. What I need praise for, what am I doing it? Again, this is why we don't have Pastor Appreciation Day or Pastor Appreciation Month. Because I don't care if you appreciate me. I really don't. I'm not here to make friends. Amen. I'm here to get you into heaven. That's my job. Okay, and that's hard. That's hard work to get you into heaven, to get those who are hearing what I'm saying through the Spirit of God into heaven. Anything else? You don't have to appreciate me. God does. God does. That's why the robe is long. Amen. That's why the robe is long. Watch this. And it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord Yahweh thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. Don't, don't let that fear cause you to worry about what someone else says. As he said, he says, don't go after the people around you. Don't worry about them. If someone don't serve God, do you really think we rocking? No. If someone got a problem with God, do you really think we rock it? No. 
We're not. If someone hates God and Jesus Christ, do you really think we're rocking? No, I don't care who it is. We're not, we're not cool. We're not cool. I'm going to stick up for God the same way he going to fight for me. Simple as that. Well, I, I care about what people think. Well, that's why you don't love God correctly. Because you care about what people think. You care about somebody not coming to you saying, oh, you're so wonderful. Christ died in a cross and they still hate him. You need that confirmation? Really? What a poop butt. Watch this. 20. As the nations which the Lord Yahweh destroyed before your face, so shall ye perish because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord Yahweh your God. He wants us to walk by faith. Walk by faith. By our feet. By our feet. Listen now. Listen, let me tell you. Yahweh is a great God. The greatest there is. There is no one equal to him at all. He is great all by himself. He is saying, I want to love you. I want to bless you. I want and to keep you and to protect you and to show you wonderful things that you have not seen. But I need you to love me correctly. I need you to want to fear me enough that it makes you change and sacrifice your ways and your life to be pleasing to me. I need you to love me the way that I deserve to be loved. Not the way you want to love me but the way I deserve to be loved. I don't need you to love at me. I need you to be in love with me. To be in love with me. To be in love with me. God's been trying to put a ring on it for years. Okay? He's been trying to put a ring on your finger for years. For years. For years. Let's close out. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And closing. This is everything. This is what I'm about to read to you right here. This sums it all up. If you ain't doing this, you're not serving God. And I'm here to tell you. Sorry to be a bearer of bad news. Okay? But if you're not doing what, this, what Christ says here, you're not a Christian. And you need to rethink your life. Watch this. And again, I'm going to say this. Don't shoot the messenger. You got a problem? Take it up with God in your prayers. Matthew 25, verse 31, Christ speaking. The description of the last judgment. Watch this. Stay awake now. In closing, when... The Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall he gather all nations, that means everyone, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from his goats. So in one flock there's going to be goats, and the other flock there's going to be sheep. 
It's going to be sheep. Goats, not so good. Sheep, pretty good. Watch this. Which one are you? Here we go. Christ is going to tell you right now. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Now, this is just like the goat in heaven from Luke 16. Sheep's on the right-hand side, the goat's on the left-hand side. You do the math. Watch this. Then shall the king, Jesus Christ, say unto them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, and hear the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world, from the first earth age. It was prepared for you. Because I knew what you would do. I know who you are. Watch this. He's talking to the sheep. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. You gave me the word of God. That doesn't exclude the fact that people need food too. We're going to do both, spiritual and physical here, okay? I was hungered, and ye gave me the word of God. I was thirsty. And ye gave me drink, living water, or water. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. You had compassion on me. I was in need, and you took me. I was in need of something, and you took me in. You had compassion. You sought my need. Naked, and ye clothed me, the armor of God. I was sick, and he visited me. Again, you had compassion on me. There was a death in my family. You came, and you had compassion. You didn't make it worse. I needed you. You were there. You made it good. I was in prison, and he came unto me. You came to visit me. You, gave, you came to give me hope. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? Question, and the king, Jesus Christ, shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it, unto one of the least of these, my brethren. Now, pause. If you do these things to a stranger, even to someone that you know that in need of your help, your assistance, you can help them. And you refuse to help them. You're not loving me correctly. But if you help them, it's like you're doing it to me. You're loving me the right way because you're loving my child who is without their father. Do you understand? Do you understand the power of loving God right? Of not loving God or giving people attitude or giving people hate? or anger, or not being rude and nasty. Do you understand the power? Watch this. And the king answered and said, 
unto them, Verily I say unto you, Truly, and as much as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me, meaning you have loved me correctly. Let's talk about these goats now. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed. You're cursed. You have nothing. You will always have nothing. You will always wander in the wilderness. You will always be without. You will always have to depend on someone else. You will always live in fear. You will always be at the bottom. <laughs> That's what a cursed is. Ye curse into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. You're like, well, isn't this too far? No, it's God. This is God. This is Christ. You have every um, opportunity. Because when you were in the wilderness, he fed you manna. He gave you truth. There's no excuse for anyone. He gave you the word to bring you out of the wilderness. What's your excuse? He's saying now. He's saying right now. All the way up to my return. Watch. For I was a hungered and he gave me no meat. You didn't care. You had no compassion. You didn't care about giving me the truth. You didn't even care about feeding me, fulfilling my need. I was thirsty. You didn't give me living water because you gave me attitude instead. You didn't give the water that I need so I wouldn't um, die of thirst. And he gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. You didn't have no compassion. Naked and you clothed me. You didn't give me the armor of God because you don't have it. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Why? Because you don't care about no one but your selfish self. That's why. Then shall they answer also. Also answer him saying, Lord. When saw we thee a hungered or thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Question. Then shall he answer them saying, listen close as you want to listen. If you have ears to hear, hear. Verily I say unto you, and as much as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Because you won't love unless it's convenient for you. You do not love me correctly. Therefore, you cannot be in my kingdom. You cannot be in my presence. You cannot have my blessing. You cannot be in my love. And these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life where they belong. Where they belong. See, when you don't care to love others properly, when you don't care to sacrifice what you don't even need. Or you don't care to fear Yahweh or give someone who's in need. It's just like you're not loving Yahweh and Jesus Christ the right way. This is a serious thing. A serious thing. Listen now. Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.